Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast, where we chat with women who love, work, and challenge the game of golf every day. I'm your host, Abby Liebenthal. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to Ladies of Golf, where we feature women thriving throughout the golf industry. Um, Today, I'm joined by Tari Cash, founder and CEO of City Swing. Um, So City Swing was launched as a golf simulation experience in the heart of Washington, D.C. So I just wanted to thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so proud of you and excited for what For the Ladies is doing for women in the golf industry. I think it's so important. So I'm, I'm thrilled to, to have met you recently and to, um, to be on today. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So, I mean, to, just to begin, I am, in, the first time we chatted, um, I was completely like just blown away and in awe of your professional background. And I think a lot of people paying attention to this would would love to hear about your experiences. I mean, with them ranging from finance and Citigroup to Under Armour and Tesla. One, they're big names, but two, they're just like really diverse experiences. So I was just wondering if you could speak to them a little bit and how you've kind of navigated through those different roles. Yeah, it is. Nothing, very few things about my career path make a whole lot of sense to people um, other than myself. Um, There are similarities. The similarities are disruptive technology um, and Mm -hmm. the similarities are retail organizations and really um, opportunities that allow me to engage with consumers and products. So let me just walk you through it. Um, I did start my career at Citigroup and um, I had an incredible mentor, Marge Magner. I'm a big believer that everybody should be mentored and everybody should be a mentor. And thankfully I've had several throughout my career that have put me in positions that I really wouldn't have raised my hands for. So Marge Mm -hmm. um, at Citigroup, she said, Tari, I want you to go run a Citibank branch. And at this point in time, I'm doing investment banking training. Um, Investment banking was the herd for me. That's where the the friends that I wanted to be around, that's what they were doing. And she kind of picked me up and reoriented me towards the consumer side. And I just say that because um, I went kind of kicking and screaming. And on day two, I fell in love. And That's why another reason why mentorship is so important. But what I fell in love with about retail banking was owning my own P&L, my own profit and loss statement. I loved being responsible for people and I loved engaging with customers. And that has navigated my entire career. So from Citigroup and from managing a retail branch at a very early age, I went to Harvard Business School. Uh, I left retail banking in search of another retail retail product. Um, I wanted to move away from finance And so after graduating from Harvard, I went into the auto industry and was looking to um, purchase my own dealership. My mom likes to say I'm the only person that's gone to Harvard Business School to go sell used cars afterwards, uh, which is exactly what I 
connected. Um, and so I joined Roger Penske's Penske Automotive Group and learned how, again, to become an owner operator of a car dealership. So once I graduated from that program, as timing would have it, it was 2008. And uh, that's when the economy tanked. And um, I thought at the time, you know what, this is only going to be around for about three, four months, you know, the economy is going to bounce back and I'll be able to buy my dealership. There were a lot of dealerships for sale at that point in time, but there were not a lot of good deals and it wasn't the right time for a first time entrepreneur to jump into that market. Um, I'm sorry, so there were a lot of good deals, but it was a very difficult environment, very similar to where we are today. And you have to be very, very smart and savvy, I think, to start business at that point in time. If you do, you probably end up being quite successful, but it's a, it's a difficult time for, for a first-time entrepreneur. So um, I said, you know what, let me go to this little company named Tesla. Nobody will know that I'm there. You know, I'll be there for three to four months and that'll be that. And, you know, I'll come back and I'll buy a Toyota dealership, you know, <laughs> and, um, Lo and behold, I joined Tesla, and that is actually what brought me to Washington, D.C. So I joined Tesla in 2009, and um, Elon, at the time, we were still uh, in the process of working out the deal for the Department of Energy loan, that the big Mm. first loan that Tesla got, and he said, I need someone to open up a store within a mile of a White House and a mile of the Capitol. And you, you know, the DC area, Abby, yeah. so you probably know there's no car dealerships. In right. <laughs> well, I get here, not from, you know, not from the area. Like, of course I'm, I came here. I'm here to open up my Tesla, Tesla store. Oh my God. And the mayor was Adrian Fenty at the time was like, uh, lady, yeah. like that is not really what we do. But Adrian Fenty was incredibly supportive and we figured it out with the support of his office and the tenacity and the hustle that it takes to get things done. We got the first, um, the first Tesla store on the East coast open, uh, in DC. And there was one in New York that was in the works of being open. I ultimately ended up running the entire East coast for Tesla motors. So from Maine down through Georgia was responsible for all sales, marketing, um, PR, it was, it was everything, you know, we did everything to grow the business. And that's right. truly one of the more rewarding experiences in my life is to go from, uh, joining a company where people are like, what is, what is Tesla? Like, what company are you joining to actually now seeing how many Teslas there are on the road yeah. today is a cool experience. Um, so we're coming toward the end now, but, um, left Tesla and joined in 2013 and joined Under Armour had the opportunity to join what was called the office of the CEO, um, which was Kevin Plank's strategy office at Under Armour. And um, I did everything from, I was Kevin's primary speechwriter to when he had brilliant ideas that seemed to only come between the hours of 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning. It was my job to take those ideas and kind of have them ready for him by the time he got into the office at 9, 10 uh, AM and, and to see what the plan was going to be to try to get those things off of the ground. So another incredible experience for me being around, um, Elon as an entrepreneur that's focused on engineering incredible products, Kevin as an entrepreneur that is one of the most incredible storytellers and, um, 
and someone that truly embodies brands and understands how to grow a brand and to see both of those perspectives it's just been a really unique opportunity for me and my career um when i left under armor i was just looking for another sort of tesla type disruptive technology experience and okay. i went to a company that maybe we'll come back to later um, it ended up being the wrong fit for me. It wasn't the right company. It was to this point, I've really mostly done consumer oriented products and this was a consulting B2B business. And so okay. it, um, you know, sometimes you land in spaces that are just not yours. And, and I'm a big believer in being like, you know what, this is just not a right fit. So while I was at that company, which lasted a short period of time, um, I was daydreaming about city swing and I was wanting to improve my golf game. That was, that was the real inspiration for city swing is living in downtown DC and wanting to have an easier way to get the reps in of that swing so that I could see the improvement that I wanted to see. Um, so wanting it for myself, but then also realizing that there wasn't an indoor golf facility in downtown DC and simultaneously having some things that were sparked uh, around going on around me that um, helped crystallize the importance of diversifying the golf industry and the need, quite frankly, which is still there today, but the need to make golf more inclusive and inviting and welcoming to people of color, underrepresented communities, women for sure. And um, I want to be a part of it. And so that's, that's when we just started to ideate and, and run, run fast. Yeah. Before we get to, I want to talk, touch on like how you noticed the things around you and brought them to City Swing, especially from wanting to grow the diversity in the game. Before that, though, I would love to just quickly hear about when did you learn how to play golf? Um, why did you learn how? Did somebody introduce you? Yeah, like so many people, my dad fell in love with golf and um, he was always talking about it. He wanted us as a family. I have a brother, my mom, he wanted us to fall in love as well. Um, we were definitely slower to the game and it was a, a, a funny story, it's Father's Day. Um, my dad is a member at the Brookline Country Club and mm -hmm. I grew up in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Brookline okay. has such a rich, rich history. Um, but my mom, one Father's Day was like, you know what? This is the year. We're just going to surprise your dad. None of us had taken a lesson. None of us knew how to play the golf club. Brookline, Father's <laughs> Day. She's like, we're going to take one or two lessons and then we'll book a tea time and we'll go out with him. It'll be great. <laughs> And we thought it was the best idea ever. To this day, he's like, that was the worst Father's Day ever. Like, we had to let every group pass through. And, you know, fortunately, we didn't end up on, they have a nice nine-hole course as well. But even mm. on the beginner nine-hole course, we had to let everybody pass us through. And it was probably far more frustrating to him than it was fun. But, um we had a great time. And so at that point in time, that's when I first learned how to play. So I was a teenager at the time. Um, it became more important as I entered the professional world. And that's okay. when I really, I think I fell in love with it as an adult. Nice. Nice. So um, when did you start, you said you started kind of daydreaming about city swing when you were working for the B2B business. When did you decide to take that leap to, to open it? Um, so probably 
spring of 20, well, maybe fall of 2017, towards the end of 20, 2017, early 2018, we, I launched the pop-up in July of 2018, um, the first iteration of the business, but, you know, take, it took me a while. I went to the, my first PGA show in um, January of 2018. I met all of the technology providers. I met all of the support systems that I needed to run the business, and so that's when things really got serious um, and I got focused in about January 2018. So do you think that along the way you were, you know, you were working for such strong entrepreneurs that, you know, someday you were going to open or do something that you owned for yourself? I think I have always known that I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I have been around, you know, being around Elon and Kevin is just, I mean, you get to be around them, but then you get to be around their networks who are mm -hmm. other tremendous entrepreneurs. And particularly because I wrote a lot of Kevin's speeches, I got to get into the mind of an entrepreneur. So yeah, I think, I, I think I've always known that this was in me. Mm -hmm. um, I never saw a business like City Swing coming. So sure. yeah, that was not on my radar. Um, but I'm so... Um, I'm so pleased to be here. Like I said before, it is, it is timely. It is necessary for a black woman to have this type of business. Um, not, I don't need to be the only person in this space, but the industry needs a black woman to be running an indoor golf facility right now. Um, yeah. just make it, make it more accessible and representation matters. And so I think, um, I think I'm where I'm exactly where I want to be, but I also think I'm where I need to be. Yeah, so I, I do want to address race since golf has this strained relationship with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, speaking from, from your heart and from yourself, like what ways has race impacted your professional and personal life, at, whether it was starting a business or in your work life or just playing golf in general? And maybe we can touch on each of those. Yeah, it, it, you know, I'm glad you asked the question. Um, Obviously, right now, it's very top of mind. It is difficult to talk about in some respects, but we have to have difficult conversations. And I think that's what's making me so, the, the hope that I do have for this moment is that people like you are willing to ask the questions and engage in the conversation and other folks are willing to just to step up to the plate. So, sure. so thanks for that. Um, I have not experienced... Um, one of the inspirations for me for starting this business was the five black women in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania that had the police called on them for playing too slow. I don't know if you know that yep. story, but that was traumatizing to me. Um, I have not had an experience like that in my lifetime, um, particularly in the golf industry, but the microaggressions that I have experienced in my yeah. professional career are I almost want to say 100% what has driven me to entrepreneurship. There's a statistic out there that says black women are amongst the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs. And I don't want to speak for, I can't speak for all black women. I can tell you that uh, my guess is that the subtleties that we face in corporate America make it so that is not a place that we want to stay for very long. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that, just to be very explicit, is um, I've worked for incredible people. I've worked for incredible companies. At every single one of them, I have had someone tell me that I'm an angry Black woman. And anybody that knows me knows 
like I, I don't yell. I'm not, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of attitude. Um, but that is a perception of black women. And so whether you know me or not, that is something that is going to subtly cross your mind. Not everybody, but some people. Um, being called loud, you know, I'm not loud. Being passed over, um, making a comment in a meeting and then two minutes later having a man say the same thing. That is not an issue of race. I do think that's an issue of gender. Another reason I'm very hopeful about these race conversations is because I do believe that white women can identify with um, what it feels like to be passed over. And so mm -hmm. this whole conversation around ally, having allies to this movement that's going on right now, I think women actually are going to be the people to solve this. Um, very pro-girl. Um, but I think it's, I think I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, you have to be able to empathize and to feel right. what it's like to be discriminated against. And that's why I think I place a little bit more hope in women than I do in men with, with, mm -hmm. with certain men right now. But getting back to your question, um, I was driven to start City Swing because of the, the the company that I referred to, I never told this story, so it, this is interesting. This is a first for me, but like I said, I wasn't the right fit for that role, but also the culture was a bit toxic for me. I was the only Black person in the entire company, and I've been the only for my entire life, but it... It, it's always hard. It ne that never gets easier. I was the only black person, but I was also the only woman at, at the executive rank that I was in the organization. And normally, golf is like my go-to. When I can't connect with a white male, I'm like, okay, we're not connecting. Let me go to golf. And when sure. they know that I pop golf or play golf, usually that's my in. And, and it was my in at this organization in terms of talking or yeah, communicating with them. Uh, but what happened is because I felt so disconnected, I tried to organize a golf outing with my peers um, because I was like, you know what, if they see that I can drive the ball, like I'm gonna be good, then they're gonna accept me, you know, then we're gonna, then we're gonna, our relationship will be further along. I wasn't, they, they really wouldn't play golf with me. And when I realized they wouldn't play, they, they weren't interested in playing golf with me, they played amongst themselves. Um, but when I said, let's organize an outing to play golf, work all of a sudden became more important. And when I realized I couldn't even use golf to connect, that's when I really said, it's time to go. And mm -hmm. it's time for you to create something in the golf industry because had I been able to play with them, I think I would have been able to make that. I, I, I suspect I would have had a little bit of an easier time making that connection. And I just, it reinforced for me, maybe not at that company, maybe what I just said wasn't true, but it reinforced for me the fact that it is really, really critical that more women, particularly women of color, learn this game so that when they do have the opportunity to play with their colleagues, that they feel confident and that they can be out there. And as we know, that is where the business is done. That is where the relationships are made. And um, that's, I think that's where careers can be advanced. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's just not gonna change in regards to business happening on the golf course. I agree. I think that, um, and the re one of the reasons why is, you know, while golf has, 
extreme barriers and it is very exclusive and it can be very intimidating to get started. It is also, the other end of the spectrum is true, it's the easiest way to connect with someone. So we all know what it's like to hit an awesome drive. We all know what it's like to hit a terrible drive or to miss a putt or to sink a putt. And that emotion can tie the oldest, you know, most Southern white male with the youngest, most dynamic black female, we can, mm. we can like come together over playing golf. And I'm going to keep that kind of hope alive in my, in my heart. Um, I think this industry is uniquely suited to do stuff, something that other sports can't. Yeah, we're at, and we are at such a unique point where, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, people are open to the conversation. People are open to new ideas. Um, and I think that, you know, City Swing is, is going to be, I think it's leading by example, which I think is really important. Um, I think a lot of people can bring new ideas to the table and that's wonderful, but like truly showing how things can make a difference in the community and leading by example is just going to make so much more of a difference. Um, would you mind talking to us about like how you bring City Swing's mission to life every day at the simulator? <laughs> I think, um, to your point, I talk about this all the time with my team. We are going to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, right? We are a business that has a target market that is primarily comprised of white males and what the average golfer looks like. And so what we do is we've created a space for people that are very competitive and concerned and love the game of golf, a place where they feel that they can advance with TrackMan technology. But um, we, we believe that our technology and our focus on real golf is what will attract those people to us. And we take um, a portion of all of the revenue that we receive and we make sure that we are investing in underrepresented and underserved communities. So we've got specific programming designed to meet all of what I would call underrepresented and underserved communities. Um, we've got our, pro our most successful program is called Backing Birdies. Uh, backing birdies is a essentially you uh, a consumer can buy a one-hour gift card and we take that one hour and we go and find kids from uh, urban areas and underrepresented areas in Washington DC and our first goal is just make sure they have a ton of fun on the simulator no kids gonna want to play golf again if it just ends up being frustrating and not fun so for us it's not a, you know it hold the club however you want to hold the club you know just experience that thrill of hitting the ball and seeing the ball you know reach the goal that you're trying to um, reach the green or get in the hole you know whatever your goal is just have fun with it. So that's a really successful program. What we do with that one as well is we take a video of the kids while they're playing and we send the video back to the person that's purchased the donation and they would say, hi, Abby, you know, we just played and we had a great time. And so you end up feeling a little little bit more of a connection. That is an example of how I believe we're a startup, right? We're, we're a lean startup, but um, 
we can still do good. We don't have to sacrifice profitability for social impact. And in fact, our goal is to find the intersection between profitability and, and social impact in everything that we do. So that's been an awesome program for us. We have a program with the Women's Georgetown uh, Golf Program and Coach mm -hmm. Kate over there. It's called Birdies to Eagles, where we've created a mentorship program for, um, this is also with an organization called Golf My Future My Game, which is a huge um, a partner of City Swings. They are an incredible nonprofit organization doing wonderful things in the golf space. But the uh, Georgetown City Swing and Golf Life Future My Game, we've come together and we've formed mentorships between the players on the team and primarily black girls in the DC area. Okay. And the goal is to create community, um, create exposure. We have found some really good girl golfers. And so it, what's really nice is they are early teens um, and now they are seeing women that have gotten golf scholarships and they're talking to them about how do I email the coach how do I you know how do I position myself what do you love about it and just getting that exposure is really important so I love birdies to eagles as well we have a women's program called sip and swing which is our women in wine program really primarily geared at women that are learning how to play golf. Um, and uh, I like to say it's as much about the wine as it is about the golf, but um, everybody comes back for more golf once the wine has settled off. Right. Uh, and um, so, yeah, we just look for programming sponsorship opportunities where again, we can find the intersection between profitability and social impact. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think um, you have brought something to light that I think that I often talk about, which is um, you have brought these programs and have brought City Swing to the place where people need to be served, mm -hmm. where a lot of the time golf is like, well, you should be coming to us. Yeah. Where I have sometimes this mentality of, well, well, no, if we want golf to grow, we need to go to the people we want to reach. Yeah. Um, do you have any like commentary on that? I think it's, it's, it was kind of along with my question of like, what would you recommend to the golf community at large? But um, any thoughts there? Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. We have to go nobody, I don't care what color or gender you are, you're not going to go where you don't feel welcome. Right. It's, it's just not human nature. And unfortunately, golf has had a history of not making people feel welcome to the point where now it's almost embedded in your DNA, like black people in golf, don't, that, like that, that is not a, that's not a myth, you know? Right. So the only way to combat that right now is to truly, um, go get them, go right. to, go to where the people are, to what you said. But I have, I have a lot of thoughts about how we diversify this industry. It's not going to be up to any one person, any one entity, any one gender, any one race. It's going to be very multi-layered and, um, require all hands on deck. I think, um, and if I remember correctly, I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about at all levels of the game, right? So if we're talking about uh, professional and if we're talking about grassroots efforts mm -hmm. like the first tee um, representation matters first of all um, it, you know the young ladies uh, that may 
think about joining the first tee, need to see the Cheyenne Woods, the Maria Stackhouses, the Troy Mullins of the world at the professional level because you believe you can do it when you see other people like you. So we need to make sure that the representations in the boardrooms and the employee basis for any golf company um, on the tour, all levels there needs to be representation so that's that's one thing and kind of secondarily to that when we say representation um we used to talk about this a lot in the corporate world we're not talking about one right we got to stop saying we're going to diversify with one that doesn't work it's too much pressure on that one person and um it, it, it that just is not the answer we can't right. stop with two because what happens with two is now you've created a competitive situation you could create a competitive situation where they are now fighting to be the one right um and i think this is true this is a framework that's true for diverse diversifying with women, diversifying with race, diversifying with thought process, um, uh, not just talking about black, um, but three or more is the magic number because mm -hmm. now you've got a community, um, you've got a support system for whoever is doing the diversifying. You've yeah. got the ability to have multiple opinions shared. Um, there's not one black opinion. I can only speak for Tari. I need two other sisters or two other people to help you understand the breadth of how, of how black people feel, right? So I think it's about, when we talk about diversifying, it's not just one, it's we gotta get to three and then hopefully many, many, more. Um, programming matters. We just talked about programming. Financial support matters. I think when we look at the incredible women that have made it to the professional ranks, I don't know um, how you do that if you don't have the, and I'm talking about all of them, but if you don't have the financial support to right. be on the amateur tour, um, it's expensive. And it is not only hard skill-wise, but just from a financing perspective, you got to support yourself. So I think we need to embrace and support those those women as well. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, yeah we're headed in the right direction. And I think we just keep focusing on the importance of it and we'll get there. Right, right. And I think I, you know, for me, I have hope that people are going, aren't going to say, oh my gosh, there's so much we have to do. Like, where do we start? It's, it's listening to the, to people who have ideas and can bring those to light. Um, and I love what you just shared. That that's amazing. And I definitely want to share it with the organizations I work for. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. What was something um, about the golf industry professionally that you didn't know before City Swing? Did anything surprise you? Like I heard you say you went to the PGA show, like that's a culture shock in itself. So <laughs> yes, I did not know what I was getting into. <laughs> you know, some, some entrepreneurs say if I had known, I probably wouldn't have done it um, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, but I had a ball at the PGA show. I mean, my dad I took my dad with me and we snuck in the day before it opened because we were like very strategic. We were like, we're going to map this thing out. We're going like, to know where to go the day before. And then we're just going to like hit these booths and we had a whole game plan. So it ended up being an amazing thing. Um, an amazing experience for me. But what has surprised me the most is the accessibility of public golf courses. Um, 
and when I say the accessibility, I'm really talking about the price. There okay. are some, there are more courses out there that are more affordable than I would have been, I would have guessed and suspected. And I think the the missing link and what I hope to do with City Swing, because again, we are really about getting people to the course. Um, our mission statement is to make golf fun and convenient for everyone. And that has to do with being located in urban cities yes. and urban areas. However, my personal passion is to get more women and people of color on the golf course so that they can take advantage of the professional, um, the reasons that you need to be there professionally, right? So I want to really uh, create that link between helping people learn indoors, but getting them on some of these public courses so that they can get the practice in. You won't get better at this game unless you play. And we got to make that transition to the golf course. So I'm really excited about public golf courses. Um, once we go and get the people that we want to be there, uh, right. I think that it is a bit more accessible than I would have thought before joining the industry. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And yeah, do you I agree. I do. I, you know, it's tough. I'm, I live in New Jersey. Um, and I sometimes struggle with finding New Jersey golf courses accessible. Yeah. Um, I think like in DC, you guys are so lucky to have East Potomac, Langston. There are some great places. Um, I think it is a little geographical. However, in Ohio, where I am with my parents right now, there are tons of public courses that are well-maintained and people care about them and they have good programming. So I, it's a little geographical, but I do agree. Like there, it's not, you don't have to play to private golf course. Most of the time at public places, you can come a little bit more like yourself, but it is that huge hump from going from an indoor simulator or just hitting in your backyard to going to the golf course. It's such a big hump. And that's why you like, you need a community to do that with. I, I appreciate that clarification. You're yeah. I'm very focused on DC, the DC Metro area. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. It just depends. Um, and, and I still have a lot to learn, but I think even like, and that's what I try to do with for the ladies, um, is like, how can we provide just even a listing of courses, like female friendly public courses that, it's just, okay, well, I'm going to go to this list and find what's in my area. Um, because a lot of the time, it's just a lack of knowledge. And, and if you're new to the game, you're like, where do I even start? So, yeah. So it's a mix of being welcome and then just knowing where to go. Yeah. 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 We're going to get there, though. <laughs> um, so, so what's to come for, for City Swing? Uh, you guys obviously began as a single simulator space, but you are growing. We are growing. We're really excited for the future. And the future involves um, a space that has multiple simulators, you know, food and beverage, really being an entertainment space that really challenges the continues to challenge the culture of, of golf. So we are excited about expansion. We are we are also excited not excited for COVID and this pandemic, but excited to have the opportunity to really be thoughtful about what is the future for event space and indoor golf going to look like? Um, we've got the opportunity to still design some things as it mm -hmm. relates to the pandemic. Um, and so 
we think you're going to be really pleased with what we have in store for, um, for, for where we're going in the future and kind of leading the retail, the new retail um, that's going to come as a result of, of this pandemic that we have to get through. Good. I'm very excited. We yeah. fingers crossed for the ladies coming very soon. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can't wait to host you. I am. Um, so the last question I ask everyone is what advice do you have for women who want to try the game? Oh yeah. I think I would say grab a friend, um, find a friend, find a group of friends, uh, a foursome that you or yeah, a foursome that you can learn with and you can grow with. Um, create your tribe, take some lessons together. And then before you're ready, get on that golf course and just, it's, it's easier with somebody. And I think it actually ends up becoming more special and the journey is more fun with someone. I had an amazing golf partner, Valencia McClure, who I, I really think that she is part of the reason that I fell in love with the game is because we had this shared experience together and we went from, not feeling totally intimidated to being out there together to really being quite confident and we found ourselves in some tournaments and in some um, positions where we did we did very very well together so create that create that bond with a group of friends and do it together yeah and it makes it so much more fun and frankly I would be doing that with any other activity like I'm not gonna like go learn how to ballroom dance by myself I'm probably gonna go with somebody else exactly exactly <laughs> so. yeah. oh, well thank you so much for the time today I really enjoyed this conversation so yeah. much thank Good. you I really appreciate it and we will make sure to tag city swing but what is like your guys's website and Instagram so people can follow along yeah, so on Instagram, we're at City Swing. Um, our website is cityswingdc.com, and we have all information about all of our programming. Um, you can reach me. I would love to, I, I, I appreciate meeting you so much because I'm not from the golf industry, and so um, meeting more industry professionals, meeting more people that are passionate about golf, please reach out. We are, we are so excited to now be a part of this industry and to grow with everyone. So uh, love the opportunity to, to meet your, your incredible community, Abby. Thank you. And we're really glad you're in it. So yeah. excited to have City Swing as part of the golf community. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E.